Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. You know, when you think about Vegas, you think gaming, entertainment, and gourmet food. And you also think glamour and luxury. One place to find just that is at one of Michael Boychuk's incredible salons. You may know him from Colors at Caesars Palace as the colorist to the stars. Well, he's just opened a new salon just minutes off the strip at the Sterling Club. You'll hear from Michael in just a moment discussing his newest salon and some of the secrets to his success. Also on today's show, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, drops by to discuss old-style Las Vegas dining. In the second half hour, Vegas Never Sleeps presents Sports Rockin' Tours. Today's topic is one of success in the world of hockey and the world of film, as you'll meet Howard Baldwin, one of the few people to know the excitement of the Stanley Cup Finals and the Academy Awards. And if you're going to either of those, or just a great night on the town, you're going to want to look your best. You want to look the very best you can ever in your life, and you live in Las Vegas or visit Las Vegas, you got to know our guest. His name is Michael Boychuk, master colorist over at Colors in Caesars Palace, and he just opened a new place we're going to talk about. It's great to have you back, Michael. So you're in the Sterling Club. Kind of tell us a little about where it is and uh, how does it go well, with, uh, it's, with Caesars? It's, it's right across from Westgate, the old Las Vegas Hilton. So it's right basically five minutes from the Strip. But it's uh, really, it's private, it's exclusive, but, we're, you know, they allow locals to come in. So it covers everything. It's people that want to have some ex- exclusivity and some luxury, this is the place to come. It's fantastic. It, you know, that's part of the whole scene, like over at Colors at Caesars Palace. When you go in there, the first thing you notice is this isn't your typical salon of any kind. You know, you talk a lot about luxury, and it starts when you walk in the door. People want luxury and immediate gratification. So we always try to make sure when you come in, when you walk out, you're going to feel fantastic. You're going to get the cut that you want. You're going to get the color that you want. Or, you know, a manicure, pedicure. People love them, too. So we always try to make sure when people leave, they have immediate gratification and they feel a sense of luxury and, and you know, improving their lives. Because that's what basically hair is all about and, and beauty salon business is about, making people feel like, you know what, I'm a little better off now than I was when I came in. I feel better about myself, and I look fabulous. Yeah, and that's the really cool thing about what you do. It's not just about how you look when you leave, which is great, but you can look back and go, wow, that was a hell of a fun day. And, and, and that's part of being in Vegas and, and really treating yourself. Life is so difficult sometimes. It's really nice to be able to uh, kind of get away and really pamper yourself. You know, this pandemic has taught me a couple things. Um, I've always enjoyed my art, my craft a lot. But when you don't get to deal with people, that interaction, I tell you, that's what I miss most. I'm so excited to have my clients come back and see me. I just had a client come in from Mexico and it's almost like, oh my God, I'm so excited that you're here. It's like the interaction that you share with your clients while you're doing their hair is the best thing ever. I mean, the pandemic has really taught me how much I love people. That's kind of the cool thing, because we hear a lot from people that have heard our first interview, and they said, wow, we had a great experience, and 
you kind of are pitched as the colorist of the stars, and we have a whole list of people that you've uh, done their hair. You know, all these names are recognizable from Heather McDonald and Paris Hilton to Lindsay Lohan, Leanne Rimes. I mean, you name it. And yet, these people all came back and said, "Wow, I felt really special when I left." So, is that something that you kind of? Work with all your people there, your entire staff, that people are coming in, they're, they're going to spend some money. Let's make it really an enjoyable experience. One of the first things I look for when I pick out a staff, first of all, they have to be talented. Second of all, they have to be nice. Because you've got to, you know, we've got to have a good environment when people come in because making people feel good, it, it, it makes everything better. It makes the whole experience better and it's it's really good for yourself and them too i mean it's great for the heart it's it just makes you feel good well yeah you know and what's nice about that too is a lot of times i think people might go into your place expecting kind of like we see in the movies you know that like oh nobody talks to you and uh, you have to know somebody to be able to talk to somebody and it isn't like that it's very friendly and you get that idea just walking in and uh, coming to say hello i i gotta tell you it's like you know I, i'm probably like anti-industry to be honest with you my dad you know was a from my grandfather was from russia my dad was a coal miner and we work hard and you appreciate people and that's what it's all about and i've never lost that and it doesn't matter who i'm dealing with whether you're a celebrity or whether you live next door it doesn't matter it's like everybody is beautiful and if you just show them how it just makes the whole world better and so i'm lucky i get a chance to to improve the world in you know in my environment and I try to make the most of it. I'm always excited to meet new people, and I'm really excited after we get those relationships built. I mean, it's just wonderful having my, you know, my friends, my clients come in again and just share time together. It's, it's the most gratifying part about the beauty industry for me. You know, you're known as doing a lot of these Miss USA beauty queens and so forth. And I had somebody ask me, does Michael kind of only want to work on really beautiful people? And I go, no, I think that's more like, Everybody's got that beauty, and it's kind of your goal, right, to kind of pull that out of them. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's nice to be recognized. It's nice to, to have people in the, you know, pageant industry or, or you know, the, the celebrity industry or Hollywood want to come to you. But it's, it's really fantastic to have the everyday person come in because they, they're just as beautiful. Maybe nobody's told them, but I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell them, and I'll show them how they can be more beautiful. And like I said, when they come in, I just said, I brought up this girl because I just did her hair. She's from Mexico. And she's just, she's like, I'm so thankful that you do my hair. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Someone that comes from Mexico, I am so thankful that you would take the time to get here. I mean, I'm just as appreciative for to them as they are for me. So it's an equal trade. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. And I want you to talk about something that I found fascinating. You did colors and i assume the new place is is the same way with a lot of you know there's mirrors but there's gray white and metallic silver colors throughout and you say there's a reason for that what is that well actually one of the things that we first talked about when i did color salon at caesar's palace we faye resnick designed it with me she's a friend and she's a great designer but she said the lack of color and the lack of focus on on everything around it makes the person coming in have more focus. It makes the uh, them stand out more. It makes their colors more beautiful. I mean, we have a it's called a saute. You saw it at Color Salon. It's one of the most photo. I call it a big couch. But anyway, it's one of the most photographed. Uh, images in the whole city. Whenever people sit there, they just look so beautiful and because the background's fantastic. Yeah, and it allows the stylists, is what I remember you telling me, 
to see their real skin and all that kind of thing, the eyes and the hair. And, and, and that makes your job even stronger because now you can you really know what you're working with and you're getting honest colors instead of a lot of uh, fake things. It's kind of like when you take a car, you know, and you drive yep. it out of, the, out of the lot. It doesn't look the same. Well, you're looking at real things and, and really you can work from a real true canvas. Yeah, well, that's the most important thing is seeing the canvas. I mean, I mean, it's different times in the you know beauty industry since I've been in it. People used to color the whole salon yellow, then or or make everything all like circus colors. You know, everything's trendy. But I think when it comes down to it, the client should be the focus, and that should be your main thing. And having a beautiful environment is incredible, but it shouldn't overshadow the client themselves. One thing that makes you a little different than some other people is that, you know, you win all these awards, Top 100 Salon by Elle Magazine and Best Salons in Las Vegas by Travel and Leisure. And it made me think, you're dealing with a lot of people that may only come to see you once or twice in a lifetime just because they're only in Vegas once or twice. Does that go a little further? They're like, wow, this isn't somebody I know, but I want them to leave so they'll always remember what they look like here. Yeah, well, actually, if somebody comes in for the first time, it's up for me to really really get to know the person quickly. So you got to ask key questions. How, you know, how much time do you want to spend on your hair? Blah, blah, blah. You also have to look at the skin tone, the eye tone, and you have to really make an instant judgment so that that way when they leave, they've been to, they realize they've been to someplace that know what's going on. More with Michael Boychuk, the proprietor of the Michael Boychuk Salon at the Sterling Club and Colors at Caesars Palace in just a few moments. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm comedian Krista Kay, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-253-8126. 800-253-8126. 
That's 800-253-8126. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's get back to our conversation with Michael Boychuk, the Las Vegas colorist of the decade, who continues to attract an impressive list of celebrity clients, as well as repeat clients from all over the country. That was one of the things we talked about before was, you know, you saw the movie Shampoo and go, hey, yeah. this might be a way to meet girls. You, you met the perfect girl, your wife. It's been a fantastic marriage. So you kind of live in the dream. You know, when I, when I first came here, basically, you know, I was just trying to network and meet a lot of people. And eventually I started doing one of the first burlesque shows in Las Vegas. And so the star of the show came in. And that, again, I, I've told you before, that was my wife or my, my, at the time it was, you know, I just met her, but then we started going out and, um, she became my wife and, and she's incredible, but she's so nice. That's how we even actually furthered our relationship. I did her hair a couple of times. And then I said, you know, my brother's visiting me and she said, well, why don't I comp some tickets to the show? And then I said, okay, well, I'll take you to dinner. And I mean, it was just because both of us just try to be nice. And like I said, I, I lucked out. I got the most beautiful, wonderful wife in the world. Part of the thing is you have so many attractive women coming in there that you can kind of get past it. They all look good. Now who's really the nice one? So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, though, everybody that comes in has beauty. And if, they, if they're not showing it, it's up to you to show it. But everybody's beautiful in their own way. I don't, you know, no matter where you go or who you see, everybody's got natural beauty. Well, let's talk about what people can expect when they go to the Sterling Club. It's not just the hair. I mean, there's a lot that you can have there. What are the kind of things we can look for as uh, we come out uh, to Vegas and see out in the Sterling Club? I, I'm, I'm so in love with the Sterling Club. First of all, it's, it's a gated community, right? But you can come in. They give you free valet immediately. And then as soon as you walk in, you know, right now you have to test for the pandemic stuff and that, you know, take your temperature. But they have a fantastic restaurant here. The restaurant's been really super. And uh, one of my girls is Italian. And she said, Michael, I went up to the restaurant the other day and I had pizza. It's possibly the best pizza I ever had. And she's the toughest Italian I know. (laughs) So they have really, really good food. Then, you know, I used to be at the Palms. And that was like, uh, you know, the hottest place in the world when I was there. And, and the guy that worked out there, his name was, he was a star trainer. His name's John Moretti. Well, he came here too. So now people can come in, they can get a, they can get a, a training session with one of the best trainers ever in Las Vegas. You get, you can have great food, you get privacy. I mean, they, they do everything here. Then if you want to, you don't have to go to a club to get a cabana. They've got cabanas out there and they, and they serve food. It's one of the most relaxing days you could ever have. This place really has everything. And it's, it's so beautiful. Yeah, and Turnberry Place, for those people that don't know it, you know, it's got kind of the best of both worlds because it is really nice, but it is not your typical casino hotel. Not that we love those as well. It just has a little, like, where you're kind of getting away from it all, even though you can, you're five minutes from the strip, as you say. Well, I tell people, like my clients, they're like, well, what's it like? I said, okay, well, think Bellagio, except for you don't have to go through the gaming floors. You don't have to have the smoke. I mean... This place is so first class, it's, it's, really, it's really great. The, the guy who bought it was from Chicago. He just came in and stripped everything. And it was beautiful before. <laughs> and he stripped everything. And it's, it's even more beautiful. I, I couldn't believe all the changes they made because I, I think they could have probably got away with, you know, leaving it like it was in a lot of places. But he wanted everything perfect. A couple of things I want to talk with you about, and then we'll tell people how they can get there. First of all, the Michael Boychuk Online Hair Academy. Now, what exactly is that kind of run us through what what you offer you know that was that was something that 
Robin Leach suggested I do. He's like, you know, you've got your own style, you've got your your own image and your own way of thinking. So why don't you why don't you do an academy? I have, and then he said, I have a friend that basically that's what they do. So we put together um, a curriculum, teach people how to do certain things, updos, makeup, and and we put together an academy. And then basically, people send in their work. We gra- I grade it. I look at it. And we try to help them, you know, as much as we can. I mean, if it's a hairstylist, maybe they pick up some benefits to working on everyday clients, but it can also be someone who's not a hairstylist. They can learn how to do their hair different or or their makeup. And it's just a way to help everybody and share my philosophy. No, I think it's a great idea. And it's one of those things where you can learn from somebody of a world-class status and you can learn this thing and use it for as much or as little as you want. So I, I kind of like that. <laughs> the other thing is uh, you have an exclusive A-list program, and that's for colors specifically. And Is that going to also include – I know you, it was originally salon by Michael Boychuk over at Lifetime Athletic. Is, the, is it going to also apply to the Sterling Club? Well, the Sterling Club, if you remember – then you're you're in a, a very uh, elite category anyway, so you can join, and they give lots of benefits. And but for the locals, they get the same benefits as basically anywhere. You can come in, you're going to get a discount if if you spend a certain amount, which is easy to obtain. Then you can come in and enjoy the whole club. So when you come here, you are you're on my A list. Oh, that, oh, that's terrific. So let's tell people how they can, um, you know, if they want to, first of all, come out there. Uh, these days, you don't walk in. It's just with the COVID, you don't. Reservations are required and. Uh, where do you call, and how do you make a reservation? Basically, you just call 702-732-9700, and that's pretty much it. You can make – they'll connect you to where you need to be, and once you, have a, once you have an appointment, you can come in. We're strictly professional, and we observe every you know, kind of control you have to have for the pandemic, but we're a lot easier than casinos. So basically, you can come here. You get treated first class. It's a safe Clean, clean environment, but we try to make it friendlier. Yeah, this is a place people can go. And again, the other thing is people say, well, right now with the pandemic, all we've got basically is gambling, maybe a little bit of food. We don't have a lot of these things. Well, this is another thing you can plan for your trip then. If you're coming out, you know, you, you may not be able to see the entertainer, but you can go to a place where the entertainer gets their hair done. So. I was going to say, if you come here, I, I do a lot of strip entertainers, and they're over here all the time. I just did Miss Nevada the other day. I do, um, Liz Clark was in, she's the top known DJ, Zoe Bowie. So all the um, local strip entertainers and stuff are coming here anyway. So, And actually, now they're starting to bring that entertainment here. The star club is going to, starting to set up entertainment nights here where these strip entertainers come in because there's no entertainment on the strip, basically. So we're providing it now. Well, that's really exciting. Final thing, let's tell them where they can go online because you've got a great website. Sterlingclub.com. And then also, you know, there's michaelboychuk.com too. So I'm, I'm, I have a website that can trans- put you everywhere that you need. But sterlingclub.com is great. You can go there too. Well, we'll check them both. Thanks for being with us, Michael. Always good to catch up with you. Thanks, Michael. Speaking of pampering yourself, how about dinner the Vintage Vegas way? Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, says yes. There's a lot of places around here, right, where you can get those kind of old meals that maybe the Rat Pack used to eat. You know, places where they have Sherry's Jubilee and Bananas Foster. You know, flaming desserts are hard to find these days. That's true. The flaming desserts, I, that was a great band, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's true. A, a lot of these places, like the Golden Steer, will do these table-side presentations that you really just can't find in the newer places. And there are guys in there that have been doing this stuff for f- literally 40 years. And it's still very good quality, pretty good value. 
And I, I seek them out because I kind of like that old school vibe, that old school service. Another steakhouse is the one at Circus Circus where these guys have just been doing, and they mostly are guys uh, for whatever reason. That's Vegas. Uh, some inherent sexism, uh, but uh, for better or worse. And, but these guys have been doing this for, year, for decades. So, you know, you got one thing to do. You're going to do it the best, and they. I I seek those places out. I think they are they are gems in Las Vegas. Thanks, Scott. Don't forget to visit VitalVegas.com every day for the latest and greatest about Las Vegas. Remember, all of our shows are archived on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. You can also listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, and more. Coming up, Vegas Never Sleeps presents Sports Rockin' Tours. Today's conversation features Howard Baldwin, who's been involved as an owner in the NHL, WHA, and WFL, and he's also an executive in the motion picture business in Hollywood as well. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Mangy. Vegas, here we go! They were there when history was made. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Inside the 20. Touchdown! A raconteur is a storyteller. Welcome to the Sports Raconteurs. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! The sports raconteurs dust off the great American art of storytelling. From the players, coaches, media, the people who were there. Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. Go crazy. Now, here's Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Sports Rockin' Tours, a show that presents the observations, recollections, and memories of a select group of storytellers who represent the past half-century or so of American sports. It all started in the world of minor league hockey. From there, he climbed the ladder of success, which included stops in the World Hockey Association, the National Hockey League, and even the World Football League. From there, he set his sights on Hollywood. You could make Howard Baldwin's story into a movie. Unbelievable rags to riches starts in the ticket office of the Eastern Hockey League, goes to the pros, does incredible things there, ultimately goes to Hollywood and makes really the greatest sports movie, I think, of all time, Hoosiers. <laughs> you were the true entrepreneur, right? Right from the start, Howard. Uh, right from the start, yep. And didn't come in the front door on a lot of places, came in the... I don't know if you call it the back door, but the side door. And also on Hoosiers, we were a small part of it. You're very kind, but really the people that should get credit for Hoosiers are David Ansbach and Angelo Pizzo, who were brilliant in writing and directing it. We were part of the development and uh, very proud of it. Don't get me wrong. You're a humble guy. This all came a, a great negotiator. And your wife says, this was goes back to when you were in the Marines, right? Where you have to get through and people are yelling at you. You can't yell back. You got to figure out how to how to negotiate your way. Do you think that was important to your uh, Well, you always test yourself, and I always liked doing that. And, yeah, that 
my wife is right. That experience when I got off that train in Yamasee, South Carolina, and I thought, hmm, this is the first time I can't call home saying I'm homesick. Get me out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So you you just do it and get through it and do your best. And so, yeah, it was a good life lesson. So you start off in a ticket office in the Eastern Hockey League. Now... Minor league hockey is a big thing. People like it. it. It's popular in places. But back then, the, our whole connection with minor league hockey was that movie Slapshot. Uh, was it anything like that back then? What, what was life like in the EHL? It was just as crazy, if not crazier, than the movie. Um, and I, in, when the EHL worked for the Jersey Devils, I was what they call operations manager, which means tickets. PR. I even coached the team for a week. I drove the bus once in a while. If I look back on that year, it's probably one of my most favorite years in hockey. Uh, and then I went to the ticket office of the Flyers. But the EHL then was was a wild and woolly league. I remember the first exhibition game, and I came from a bit of a col- not college but prep school background, so fighting was unheard of. And I'm counting the tickets. <laughs> And I hear this screaming out in the arena, and I said, oh, my God, somebody's hurt. And you go out, and every player's on the ice. Half the fans are on the ice. They're throwing chairs. And I said, this is going to be a very interesting year. And it was. And what a great way to learn the sport, really, by doing yeah. everything. That kind of helped you the whole way through. You know, it, it sure did. I mean, they, they were 1-6 owned by the Flyers, and the Flyers group, Ed Snyder, Bill Putnam, Bud Poyle, those guys, were terrific to me, and they brought me over there. And I look upon those four, four or five years down there, whether it be with the Devils or the Flyers, as my college education, so to speak. It was it was an extraordinarily good uh, experience. Well, when you were with the Flyers, that was right in the beginning where the NHL doubled. What was that like? That, that has to be a big deal for those fans there. And all of a sudden, we're in the big big time. You know, you went from six to twelve teams, and. Really, Philadelphia, it was lukewarm when they started. And, and Ed Snyder, Joe Scott, Putnam, everybody, myself, we, that was really good old-fashioned marketing. I mean, the first box office statement was hanging in Ed's office for years. And it was because it was signed by me. Well, I was a ticket manager, and the gross gate was $13,000. That might get you one on-ice ticket for one game now. So, you know, the whole year, I don't know that we did a million dollars in ticket sales. So, you know, people think it's instantaneous success. It's not at all. It's hard, hard work. And the Flyers, the Penguins, Minnesota, all those teams had to work hard to get to where it looks like today. Well, we're going to talk about all those because you were involved with all those, but I'm particularly familiar. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and was a huge Seals fan, which, was, believe me, was difficult. So the Seals leave, and I'm like, oh, my God, no hockey. And thank God you helped uh, the San Jose Sharks. And I remember at the time, nobody thought that was going to work. It ended up being a big success. A big success, yeah. That was probably the one deal we really regretted not being able to do and be a part of because you know we did the deal if you look at the paperwork you can't deny it we're the first owners technically and we my wife and I really were excited about that because it was close to LA she could do 
she could keep doing what she was doing, which was the acting, and we could run the team. I could run the team, and and it would have really worked out great. But we ended up doing that trade with Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a crazy deal, and it worked out great for San Jose. Tom McHenry there, who was the mayor, fabulous guy, uh, and and they've they've done very well there. Let's go back to your days in New England. I think this is interesting. You go to the WHA. Now, first of all, was it kind of a gamble in your mind? Because the WHA got off to a good start, but you're still going up against a lot of history in the NHL. Well, remember, we got into the league uh, as an original franchise. Um, So we were one of the 12 original franchises. And as I always tell people, we went into the belly of the beast, which is Boston, where right then in the early 70s was at its peak of popularity. And people thought we were nuts, and we probably were. But, you know, I was 28, my partner was 29, and we figured (laughs) you don't have any nerves when you're that age. Oh, yeah. Well, the WHA was kind of gutsy, though. I mean, they were signing people, Bobby Hull. So that kind of, you were with fellow entrepreneurs that were in this uh, to, to win. Everybody in that league had a spirit and had a point to prove, whether you're somebody like myself or uh, the players or some executives, because really most of the players were players that frankly had a point to prove, including Hull. I mean, Bobby was upset with the Hawks, and they just figured, you know, they treated the WHA with utter disdain, and enough guys in the WHA got together and came up with a million-dollar cash for his signing bonus, and we were off and running. You know, the whole seven years was a wild ride, but... But you were a founding partner at age 28. I mean, we Mm -hmm. all have fantasies of owning a team, but 28 seems uh, rather ambitious. How do you do something like that? I I don't really know. (laughs) We just did it. And, uh, you know, when you get a feeling in your gut, this, this is a good... It just seems like you're in the right place at the right time. I mean, my family thought I was nuts leaving the Flyers, which is what I did. I loved the Flyers, but I just knew in order to take the steps that I wanted to take with my life, I had to strike out and, um, you know, put my feet into the fire and see what the heck happens. And with the Whalers, it was great because, we, you know, we got people like Jack Kelly and some wonderful people that made it work. We will be back with hockey executive and film producer Howard Baldwin in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Rock and Tours with Stephen Maggi. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. 
perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Welcome back to Sports Rock and Tours. You are listening to former NHL and WHA hockey executive and film producer Howard Baldwin. But you're a big part of the entertainment business, always have been. So tell us, what's it like working with these actors we all know, celebrity, as opposed to the big uh, stars of the world of hockey? I mean, <laughs> is there is it the same type of ego, more or less? What do you think? Yeah, but, you know, it's it's weird because we've, we've always gotten along with pretty much everybody we've worked with, whether it be an actor or, or an athlete, because, you know, we don't go around thinking we're better than them or not as good as them. We just treat them like equals. And so we tend to get along with people. And it's really important. And there are times when you can get a little ticked off and and have to have a, I don't know, you call it a confrontation, but let's call it a sit down and you do it. But by and large, I think the actors are really good guys and gals. And same with the athletes. They have a particular skill set and I did always say to a couple of hockey players that we had when some of them would be grousing about their lot in life. You know what I mean when I say that? Right. (laughs) Oh, woe is me. Why isn't the dental plan better? There's a couple of times I did take those players out and just say, now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. You're 28 years old. You're making a few hundred thousand dollars a year because you were given a gift and that gift is a skill set that enables you to earn this kind of money this early in your life. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it and know that, uh, you know, in some at some point it'll be over and then you got to do what the rest of us stiffs have to do is go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a team thing where you don't think you're better, you don't think you're inferior. It's like, hey, we're trying to get something done. We're all on the same page. And I think people respond to that. Do you find that, that they just kind of respond? hundred percent. 100%. The worst thing you can do is talk down to people. Yeah, it makes for a good atmosphere to work in, no question. I want to ask you about a couple of these movies. We talked a little mm-hmm. about Hoosiers, and I know it wasn't you doing the whole thing, but when you when you got involved with that, did you see it? It's just like such a great movie. Could you feel it right away? And then, of course, the casting of Gene Hackman. It just it seems like a great well, film. The part, yeah, you're right. The part we were involved with was the actual script. And what happened is the script came to us through our partner here in L.A. We read it and loved it, and we made a deal to do it. But we were going to raise the money to do it as an independent film. And then a studio came along and said to Angelo and David, look, we can put the money up now. Would the Baldwin group be willing to step aside, become a tiny, a small part of it, not tiny, a small part of it, and let us run with it. And, you know, then we felt you get a movie made. We liked Angelo. We liked David. Our attitude was go, get it done. 
You did another great sports involved with in film, the, the Mystery Alaska. Yeah. That, uh, did the hockey stuff obviously come in handy? And how did you ever think of – you got Russell Crowe, and that was uh, in early in his career. Uh, that's a fun story, Mystery Alaska, um, because we had lunch with David Kelly right here in L.A., and just a f- social lunch, just shooting the breeze. And, and uh, we, we just said, wouldn't it be great to make – a hockey movie that brings a sport back to the roots, you know, where its origins were. We're playing on the pond. With, you know, we're old-timers now. You grow up playing on the lake or, you know, outdoors or whatever, on the rivers. Really, David, more than us, came up with the concept of what the movie was. You know, so we said, let's do it. Wrote the script, David's script, a brilliant script, and got a director. We did the things that had to be done to get the movie made. Thinking about you back into the the ticket office days, all the way to the red carpet in Hollywood, and uh, Jamie Foxx wins an Oscar for Ray, a great movie. What was that night like for you and your wife? Because I I think that's got to be like the culmination of everything you'd done. Well, it was surreal. It was really fun, obviously, and and I can honestly tell you, we were there, and if we won, we'd have been thrilled, and we didn't win. We were just as thrilled being in that room. And we had the best time. It was kind of fun because we sat next to, right next to Adam Sandler and his wife. And Adam's a big hockey fan. And I wore my whaler ring for good luck, right? I never wear those rings. They're too big and they're too, I don't know, glitzy or whatever. But I wore, I said, this will bring us good luck. So, you know, best picture comes in a lot. You know, it comes at the very end. So we're chatting away throughout the whole thing. And he said, my God, what a what a beautiful ring and we talked about it talked about the whalers and i told her i'm just wearing this for good luck and then of course they announced a big <laughs> the best picture and it's a million dollar baby and so he, he sort of playfully hits me on the arm and he said a lot of good that ring did you <laughs> is producing sure. a movie kind of like running a sports franchise are, are there similarities or are there uh we already mentioned working with the, with the with the celebrities and the people out on the field and all that sort of thing. But is 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 it kind of the same thing? Sort of. Here's what's interesting about a movie: you you put it together. If you're fortunate enough to do so, and only about two percent of them get made, but you put it together, and the experience is rather intense from the beginning to the end. Okay, mm-hmm. and everybody bonds. And it's like a very intense hockey season or basketball, whatever your sport is. And then it's over. And the crew goes their way and the cast goes their way and the director and the producers, everybody goes their separate ways. It's it's a little more permanent with hockey. You may have a team that stays together, four, five, six, the core of the team may stay together. So it's a more lasting experience. And I always tell people in a film, your producer is your your producer is really your president, GM. Your coach is your director, and the actors are your players. That kind of a thing. There is a there is a similarity in that way. People ask uh, all the time, well, "I've got this great script. I just don't know how to get it to somebody. It's so great." Is it better to go find like some celebrities maid or gardener or something of that nature and hand them the script to get it to somebody? Or, you know, because just mailing it in seems like a really, really long shot. Yeah, I mean, everybody, like we, you said to me in the beginning, everybody has one in their closet, okay? So pe- people don't understand that in order to succeed in this town as a producer or 
or a writer. You really got to immerse yourself in it. It isn't just dropping a script in the mail and and saying, I hope I can get it made. Usually, you really want to get the script to somebody that an actor is great, but then they're going to want a director, and then they're going to want this and that. So you got to, you've really, if, you, if you're really sincere about it, you have to get out here and, and get into the community and pay your dues and put the script into circulation the right way by trying to get an agent or a manager or a producer that you may have as a friend that knows how to take it to the next level. Well, that's great advice. And I mean, it's kind of what Sylvester Stallone did with Rocky. He thought sure. it was there. And you just keep getting, you keep polishing it, and sooner or later, you might get that shot. So it's certainly worth the opportunity. He's a great example, and, and we know him, and he's a terrific guy, and he's not afraid of hard work. And, you know, what he did is exactly what has to be done. And he did it. And he had the courage of his convictions. And look at him now. Incredible. Well, Howard Baldwin, yeah. what a great conversation. What a life you've had. What is, what's next for you? Do you have anything coming up in the near future? Yeah, we're, we're developing. We've got a lot now. We've got a few shows set up. We're actually for your sports audience where we are doing one script on uh, what we're calling Hockey Night in Harlem which is a, it's really a Black Mighty Ducks. It's great fun. And then another television series we're developing, which is, a, which is about the creation of the ABA and the, um, uh, the WHA and the WFL. We have, a, we have a lot right now. We're very, very busy right now, which is good. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, and hopefully we can have you talk about it when it's ready to be released. So. Anytime you give me a call. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. Howard Baldwin shares even more about NHL franchises, new sports leagues, and more. You can check it out on our expanded podcast interview available on the VegasNeverSleeps.com website, which you should go to regularly and check out the Sports Rockin' Tour page. You can hear bonus content from all our conversations, plus a number of other great sports stories. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchin. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com.